Hello and welcome to the Record Celtic podcast. I'm Liam Bryce and today I'm joined by Graham Young. On the pod today, Celtic took another step towards nine in a row as a point in Livingston proved enough to extend their Premiership lead over Rangers. But Neil Lennon's men haven't quite been at their fluent best recently, so we have a wee look at what's needed to get things motoring once more. So, Graham, a point at Livingston turned out to be a good result in the end, considering events elsewhere. What was your take on the game? Well, it didn't feel like that for a long time. And I think you've, first and foremost, you've got to give Livingston uh, massive credit. They're an excellent team. They're, I think we said before, they're like a Wimbledon-style crazy gang. Like just a, mm-hmm. you know, a patchwork-style team, but they, they're very effective. They know exactly what they're doing. And lost guys like Craig Hall, Declan Gallagher in the summer, but they've managed to recruit really well. Yeah. F.A. Ambrose, case in point, last night. Uh-huh. F.A. Ambrose is a player who's he's got some flaws in his game. He can be a bit lackadaisical with possession, but last night he was really, really good for long spells. <laughs> Very comfortable in the ball, yeah. and then it all starts with uh, Lyndon Dykes up front. And I know it's going to be the most obvious transfer rumour of the summer. He'll be linked to Celtic, probably Rangers, mm-hmm. teams down south. Oh, I've seen so much last night. Rangers should have shined him. A hundred percent. January should have went for him, and he does. He, he fits that brief. Um, he's a physical striker. I know Nikola Katic um, was raving about him after he came up against him recently, and you can see why he's got something about him. It's, it's that kind of this day and age where everything starts and analytics he's just one of these effective players he might yeah. not score every week but ah, he roughs defenders it's up it's hard to quantify that but yeah, exactly you that's can that. see it yeah that, that's his special <laughs> skill and Celtic um, it's been a tough couple of weeks actually after the Copenhagen game St Johnson Sunday was a dog fight and then uh, the game against Livingston as well but to be fair as they always do they've got a bit of uh, resilience about them managed to but I think with Livingston they're a very unique Proposition in Scottish football, there's not many teams like it. They are a bit old school with the long throws and that Tony Pulis style, kind of like just effective playing the percentages. Yeah. But they're also quite tidy as well. They're, that's what makes it, I think that's a kind of extra um, ability that sometimes are very good at moving the ball quickly. Yeah, they seem I, very well coached. They, they are. I think David Martindale are, might, be one of the, might be the best coach in Scottish football. Gary Holt's a very good manager as well. Mm-hmm. The, the face of Livingston so Celtic I think Lennon stressed the importance of the game and at the end of the day obviously with the results elsewhere it turned out to be a pretty valuable point but it was an absolute nightmare game like Celtic <laughs> did well to manage to escape a point in the end uh-huh. I think. were Celtic better than when they lost? yes I think that game was obviously the game earlier in the season the, the 2-0 game when Ryan Christie was set that changed it yeah. Livingston were able to kind of push on for there. The Celtic had more chances last night. I thought they were able to create a few more. Mm-hmm. Uh, Edward hit the post. There's a couple of opportunities. Greg Taylor on the left. A couple of times he's crossing was just off. And um, there was definitely opportunities. At the second half, there was a few moments as well. But uh, there was Celtic will be under no illusions. The difficulty of playing Livingston. I know the game at Parkhead were comfortable winners, but any <laughs> for the next couple of seasons Tony Macaroni I mean, it's, like, it's not where they'll be the first option it's, it's weird isn't it it's a stadium called the, the Tony Macaroni Arena somehow manages to strike be, be in some way fearsome for visiting teams it's, it's, it's incredible I know um, is it, that's a, depending on I mean Livingston they certainly seem to be you know heading that way I mean there's a chance Celtic might have to go again depending on yeah, how things work out after that, the split I mean we'll have to look into that but I mean it's I think if the league was closer that would be yeah, a bigger concern chance it will be yeah, over by that point it could be but because as well, we say but at the same time yeah the way Celtic the top six looks that like Celtic will be playing it looks like it's all scheduled for home fixtures and that obviously won't be mm-hmm. the case so we'll obviously have to 
go for an extra away day. Uh, but uh, that would be probably one. That I think said before that you would look at the top six, go, oh, wouldn't want to go to Pitodre again. But Celtic do well at Pitodre. Yeah, they do. <laughs> and uh, it's not a problem. That's the Raider game. Uh, I think style of football as well. Like, um, but ones have just got this. It's a, honestly, it's a nightmare for any team. And uh, I think at the end of the day, I know Celtic by nature, it's all about winning. And But last night was a bit, scoring in the last minute and getting a draw mm-hmm. with Rangers losing, that was a bit of a win. And I know that's not Celtics always get the three points, but sometimes you need to take stock. Yeah, and in context and yeah. perspective, certainly. I don't think that was a bad bad point in the slightest. Yeah. And Edwards, that was, he didn't have his best night. The, the shot he hit the post, it was really clever the way he worked it. Used the defender to kind of keep... Uh, Robbie McCrory for seeing the ball and he cracked it off inside the post very close to going in mm-hmm. other times free kicks didn't quite come off his passing was a wee bit wavered but it was the French Eddie again in the last couple of seconds yeah. down the left side and I think that's the biggest thing like the game changed slightly managed when there was more attacking players like Rogic and Griffiths on the pitch that allowed time to kind of find pockets of space drifts to the left side managed to get past Ambrose on this occasion good ball in and Rogic was there to poke home and get away with a draw yeah it's just that thing Edward isn't it he's He's got that that level of quality that it doesn't let's say it doesn't matter what he does the rest yeah. of the game, but there there is always that possibility right until right until the final whistle. Hundred percent, and I think that's been the biggest, the most marked improvement in his game. But there was always those flashes before they made the deal permanent, like they go against Rangers at Ibrox, the three-two game with ten men. But that's just Odson Edward one hundred and one opening up his body, cuts inside in the right foot and scores. But it's so much more consistent now. And I think since the Leipzig game in last season's Europa League, that was the first night he really showed a bit more physicality, mm-hmm. being able to hold the ball in. He's still not perfect. He's, if you compare Moussa Dembele and Odds and Edward, I think it's a pretty close call overall going their skill. But the one thing Dembele is more consistent in is that kind of hustle and bustle style. But Edward's improved there, I think. I think he, mm-hmm. he can lead the line as a, a lone front man quite well. Uh, but last night wasn't his best game but still he's by far and away the most important player in Scottish football because he can change games and Celtic other teams fear him that's as simple as that there is a fear factor of course it's, it's, it's yeah. a way it's, it's no when, wonder when he turns players it's like he, he does one of the most simple things in football where he just cuts inside half an inch and gets a shot away mm-hmm. but it's because he's so good at it and other players it's not as easy for other players yeah. to do that and defenders that's their biggest fear players turning them teams back off give them an extra couple of yards and that's that can be deadly as he's proved throughout this season because he has that again it's that kind of intangible quality of making sort of difficult things look yes. incredibly simple uh-huh. it's what you mentioned it there the mm-hmm. shifting inside yeah. and getting a shot off I mean that looks like the most basic piece of play but it's not it's not, but it's not, no, it's <laughs> not. and I think that when it comes to it as well and Celtic fans obviously want to keep him as long as possible and it's obviously talk hope that mm-hmm. they may be able to convince him to sign a new deal but that those are the type of things I would imagine that if I was a team like Manchester United a big team looking for a striker their scouts must be it's the small things like that because there's players all over Europe that score a lot of goals like Sporar was a player Celtic were linked he scored a lot of goals his market value I know he plays in Slovakia he played in the Slovakian league before he went to Sport in Lisbon but you add in the fact he scored so many goals at France under 21 level he's got that big club pedigree at Paris Saint-Germain mm-hmm. he's now fulfilling his potential Um and these little things he does on the pitch. There's one in the first half where he has a ball to the back post, he pulls it out of the sky, it was nearly a perfect touch. Livy got a clearance, but just these little things in every game you see that mark him out as a player of like top, top quality that's headed for the, the top of the game. So obviously Celtic would love to keep him in Neil Lennon yep. has, has said as much, but what do you... I mean, it's possible to predict what's going to happen in this summer, but do you think he would... You'd think he would at least... 
there's I a think, chance he would sign a, a new deal if, if, if there was that sort of understanding that yeah. you stay for this next potentially uh-huh. historic season and 100%. then we, we will let you go but I think Celtic have been good to these players as well like as much I know when Yama's when, when Yama left for Southampton was a wee bit of um, a, a small spark really in terms of he was desperate to go Celtic or try to get market value but most times Van Dijk Dembele uh, as well obviously with Brendan Rodgers but most <laughs> of the times Tierney these guys there's an acceptance that's the kind of the end of the road the difference I think this summer that makes it unique for Edward probably three seasons of Scottish football is about right you would imagine but the fact that ten in a row it's not that easy to suddenly find this other this manager I think the one thing Celtic have had for a long long time is top strikers from Sutton Hearts and even this last this century Sutton Hearts and Larson mm-hmm. Hooper uh, and Dembele and Edward there's always been really Scott McDonald was a good striker as well there's a load more you could add but to let Edward go Griffiths obviously it's, it's not been the consistent force they had been previously that is a massive decision where Celtic might be a bit more resistant than they have been previously for mm-hmm. bids because again he's only 22 years age he would only be 23 by the time he would leave but you would hope there'd be some kind of understanding reached and perhaps maybe the money is maybe there's an offer that just knocks their socks off and they can't turn it down but that, that's a possibility as well yeah. there's not that many good strikers or good strikers who could be great look at the Augustine who was the other France striker that came through at PSG Edward and and played against each other that wipes the game now he's at Leeds United that's not a knock in the slightest he's, they're a team on the up as well under Bielsa but he's not getting his game mm-hmm. Edward will look at these players these peers really guys that he came through with he's just that level above and I'd imagine it, there'll be real real interest in his signature yeah. I mean because as well you, you said it yourself where do you where do you then immediately find a player of that, that quality to come in I mean there's, there's chances don't. are like, like obviously Celtic's model is to find guys who are a bit below yeah. that in terms of age and coming into yeah. that level of quality and then develop them but and the other factor with Edward that has to be mentioned is he was brought in as a loan player as far the, the pressure wasn't on him in his first season mm-hmm. they had Dembele Griffiths was <coughs> part of the team as well and it, it was that second half of the season he worked his way into contention showed flashes as a sub playing 20 minutes here half an hour there there was a couple of goals and then from that goal at Ibrooks, that's when he just started to go to a different level there was a double hit He's got two at Parkhead to win the league for Celtic. And then signs his permanent deal and it's just been a success story since. So, But these players aren't ready. You can, there could be a case with Celtic, you could argue that their scouting at times has been excellent. They've really left no stone unturned in terms of trying to bring in players for different markets. But there is always a risk factor as well. Nicolamala appears to be working his way up. Bayou, who was signed last season... Back in bio, he's, it doesn't appear that he's the level needed for Celtic. So, for every odds and Edward, there, there will be players who aren't of that ilk or calibre. Mm-hmm. So, Celtic, it's a different. Would they maybe for change attack if Edward did go? Guys like Billy Sharp and Glenn Murray were linked in January. Mm-hmm. Would that be? Would they just maybe change their approach for one season to just make sure it was guaranteed a goals? Guy that who could come in exactly and score twenty. So there, there's a lot of interest in quite, and it really does depend on the clubs that come. There's there's no doubt that. A host of teams have been watching Odson Edward because he has got a, a real pedigree and now he's fulfilling it so mm-hmm. he's the type of player that fits big clubs profile and then you look at teams as well look at West Ham last year spending 50 million Hallier from um, Frankfurt you've got Joel and Joel and yeah, that was the big. one that came exactly to exactly. mind there so this is where teams will look at that's a different level of player now these guys might have been playing in more established leagues the Bundesliga is mm-hmm. um, obviously a, 
a better league than Scottish Premiership but Edward's got more about him than these guys and that'll be a big question in boardrooms and scouts that have been watching it'll be like making their pitch to go this is a guy we need to go and get That's this is the type of player we need and Celtic again I think we've found out year after year this never stops for them they'll be straight back on it again qualifiers obviously hopefully the coefficients taking a nice boost over the next couple of years there mm-hmm. might be more respite in the summer but right now Celtic have got for the first time I think last year they did a great job Nick Hammond's first summer on the job in terms of scouting they managed to get guys like El Hammond who's been injured now Frimpong's been a success Julian's worked out um, El Yunusi when he's been fit look good they managed to not get away with it but they, they had a good transfer window but that, that's not a guarantee either so there's so many factors in play here and it all starts with he's a he's the kingpin here Rodson Edward it all starts with him his future and then everything else I think will follow for there but I think guys like Cal McGregor with his new contract and I know there's been interest for Leicester City um, but I think I would imagine he'll stick around I think he wants to be at Celtic mm-hmm. obviously go for 10 in a row he's been part of the whole way but I think it's worth it. It's absolutely fascinating what happens in the next few months, and I think you wouldn't be surprised to see more scouts running the row over. I know he won't have European games, but uh, after getting knocked out, but his future it really is. It's going to shape the summer, I think, in terms of Scottish football and transfer. Do you think the, you mentioned European football? Do you think that kind of exit to a team like Copenhagen, mm-hmm. even if it is just for another one season, that he would it would be? Do you think that influences his thinking at all? Because this is obviously the kind of stage that he wants to be playing on I think that's a good point I think the finality of it was quite sudden so Celtic headed into that game last week and it was very much listen they're not they're no mugs but but Mm. we'll be okay and maybe that feel not that I don't think there was any I think the players are 100% committed but maybe for the fans and maybe even the media might be slightly looking at the bigger picture Celtic managed to beat Lazio who are going for Serie A title so maybe the feeling that Copenhagen were capable, yeah. functional, but they wouldn't be able. They to weren't on the level of that. Exactly, of course they weren't. When it ends that quickly, maybe for someone like Edward, they could maybe wouldn't go well. If we played that way on the group stage <laughs> and it ends that abruptly, uh-huh. then yeah, I think that's a good point. I I've got a feeling that he might be a player. Just with his nature, he's quite laid back. I don't think he's someone who he might. I don't think a team like in the lower half of the English Premiership would float his boat. I think he'd have his eyes on a bigger prize. Mm-hmm. I think that's the type of team he could... And he could go... This is the point. Edward is a player of such quality. No one's got to say he could go in and become a starter for Liverpool and Man United or... And from, maybe selling Man United a wee bit stronger, <laughs> but Martial and These Rashford. Days, certainly, yeah, exactly. They've got good players in attack. But he is a player that every squad needs capable players for any... And I'm talking about the top teams. Mm-hmm. I think he's got that much quality. He's that much a natural finisher that he'll appeal. There's no team off limits for him and then that will obviously go down to teams like you can go anywhere Valencia, Sevilla Inter Milan, AC Milan there'll be teams all over the continent that will have Odds Edward on their radar that's absolutely certain well that certainly remains to be seen uh, if we could take it back to the game against Livingston um, obviously Edward as he has been so many times was the difference in the end um, setting up Tom Rogic uh, but you felt there was maybe some issues elsewhere that Maybe perhaps need to be addressed. Yeah, I, th- I think I think Celtic got a wee bit of problem at left ba- uh, left back. Um, this, Johnny Hayes has been m- manfully covered this season in big games, but he's not a natural left back. He's more comfortable when they play in the three five two, which they have recently. Mm. Bolly ball and goal, he's 
barely been spotted since he's kind of haphazard display defeat against Rangers before yeah. the winter break but Greg Taylor some Neil Lennon spoke about a lot he was asked um, in November about oh it's, it's Greg Taylor's time going to come and he, he made the point then that he's a very capable defender but his attacking game still needs a bit of work and obviously that really impressive performance against St Johnson mm-hmm. after the winter break it was excellent some of his cross was really that goal for Griffiths it was just something like Thompson to Larson style <laughs> you know, and it was a really top goal but in recent weeks he's performing it's just not been quite there and I think last night he had a tough game honestly it was a really tough night for him he was replaced Jeremy Frimpong came on moved to the right and Forrest moved to the left and Celtic actually improved and that might be a bit of worry for the player himself because mm-hmm. it's not he's not established enough that he can afford um, to be off the boil and I th- I th- he's, got pl- he's got stuff about him I know he was highly rated at Commandant and Steve Clark loves him Cap Scotland but I he's just still got a bit of work to do mm-hmm. he's perfectly capable of coming again and, but I would, wouldn't be surprised to see if he maybe just dropped out for a couple of is years. there an argument to say that he's not as suited to that wing back role as he would be to a sort of more traditional full yeah, back I think, I think that's a good point I think what Celtic have or with Frimpong he's basically Frimpong's replaced Tierney in the sense he's the full back who bombs on it's just on the other side of the pitch so when you've got Frimpong he's a really gung-ho fullback and Lustig on the right then was the one who would cover but Celtic now um, I think they like to go down the left hand side with Edward he drifts to that one two yeah, stuff like that, goes yeah, that way, it's always he? been an important yeah. part of Celtic like go back 20 years like Tosh McKinley was a <laughs> well, more than that 25 it's a big part of the style what Kieran Tierney's been was a massive part of the way Celtic played and I know injuries obviously curtailed his last six months at the club but I think he is a more natural defender than he is a, an attacker and that might be something to look at long term. I think he's he, he doesn't guys don't normally run away from him. He's got decent pace. He's quite switched on, you mm-hmm. know. And that obviously like, schooled under Steve Clark for a decent amount of time. Yeah. That's obviously his calling card as well. But just he gets himself in good positions. That's you can't. He, he gets up the pitch happily and he finds good space. But sometimes just across and it's he doesn't put in as many low balls and I know it seems quite an obvious but a lot of the modern fullbacks are really good at just playing it simple just whipping like, low balls across the six yard box Tierney Off, was very good at that wasn't excellent he? at it and very good at picking players out now he, a goal against Hearts the other week he picked McGregor out it was a great goal it was good vision by but last night uh, against Livingston it was three or four balls where he just completely overhits it and it really does kill attacks yeah. and I think that's something Lennon will be looking at I think he might you wouldn't be surprised the Forest on the West far from ideal but Forrest on the left and Frimpong on the right and the three-five-two just look better and mm. I know Forrest much prefers to play on the right hand side but sometimes needs must and then even in that case if Forrest goes to the right Johnny Hayes might be back in um, it's not to say Taylor's, Taylor's got more than enough about him to come come good for Celtic yeah. but just right now I just don't think it's quite worth I mean because you saw you mentioned it yourself that goal against St Johnston and generally that night and oh, it was overall it was drunk so I mean there is the kind of it's not as if he's been consistently you know poor in that oh, area not, you know, not, I'm just mean I'm just I'm not saying you're accusing him of that obviously <laughs> my hands up the, <laughs> the, hand, the hands are up I can confirm that yeah. uh, but it, it is maybe somewhere that he could come good and as you said he is still a relatively yeah. young and footballer. you need to remember as well the big thing he was signed in transfer deadline day last summer like with full pre-season under his belt as well really acclimatise himself mm-hmm. Um I think he's got plenty of chance to become a good Celtic player uh, but he's not quite it's not as if he's producing top top displays at present so I think there's yeah. a decent chance he might 
be set for a wee spell out. But who knows? They might, they might stick with him. That wouldn't, that wouldn't shock me either. Yeah, and there was uh, there's another man in the Celtic team who doesn't seem to enjoy the Tony Macaroni oh, arena exactly. in particular, does he? No, 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 definitely not. You'll be going to DiMaggio's for his quick guys, <laughs> not not a Tony Macaroni no, guy. Certainly not. Uh, Christopher Julian, who uh, he's an interesting player. And obviously, Celtic paid seven million for him, and for the most part, some of the games recently actually spoke about this up at Pitodry. He was the best player in the park. Away to Copenhagen, he was excellent. But at times against certain players, you can get a bit rattled. And Lyndon Dykes. Uh, causes him absolute uh, gives him real real problems and you can feel it with him as well he is one of those players that if he makes one or two mistakes or gets caught you can see him talking to himself he has a very yeah, he gets a bit emotional he, doesn't, doesn't he? he yeah and that can be a real positive as well because he's very accountable like he's always kind of harassing the team Scott Brown's a talker but it always helps to have more than one mm-hmm. Chris Sutton made that point as maybe Julian been a potential Celtic captain uh, but last night this was all about off but that's I think his recent performances should allow him the chance to come back again but mm-hmm. you could definitely feel there is that real physical player that get up close to him and, and then it, after that the mistakes weren't because a player was harassing there was one where he passed it back and yeah. that was just because at that point he'd been kind of taking out his game and he is really a, a confidence player it's about like you know he, like mm-hmm. the strut and walking about and winning headers uh, but I think that just I think that's credit to Lyndon Dykes I think sometimes these players that maybe play for unfashionable clubs it's very easy to kind of deride them but that's, he's he's got to play for a, good, a, a higher level and that's no criticism to Livingston yeah. it's actually a credit to him to spotting him at mm-hmm. uh, Queen of South and bringing him in because he was kind of the I know we keep talking about him Dykes but he was kind of just the sort of foil to Stephen Dobby nobody really spoke course. about him but yeah. now he's, he's kind of become his own it was man a late development as well um, and over the studio, he, it was all I don't think he was playing uh, football at a really young mm-hmm. age I think this has all been late in life his Scottish connections came over um, earned a chance and he just keeps getting better and I think Celtic maybe with Celtic it used to be it's been something they've been doing for years is buying players for other Scottish teams the best of the I don't know if Dykes maybe is the perfect fit for Celtic, but listen, he'd be a good option. But I just think there's other teams in the league could be looking at him and think that's exactly what we don't have. Yeah. Um, and if Celtic ever need to come up against whatever strip he's wearing, he'll always <laughs> be a challenge because he's just yeah. a nightmare, honestly. Yeah, as well, ask Julian, he, he knows exactly, all. Exactly, that's that. Hoops upside your head last <laughs> night. <that> was. <laughs> uh, but I mean, Julian, I think you touched on it yourself. He has been, I think, when, since we came back from the the winter break um, it was kind of integral to that run that Celtic went on the kind of hard fought mm-hmm. went up at Pataudry. Um so I mean it's it's hard to be too critical of him I think overall he's looked good value for money yeah 100% and Celtic needed that Simunovic obviously had a nightmare last week but Lennon loves him and he has got a, a bags of ability but Celtic were just missing that centre piece in the defence he's been able to help Ayer as well I think and they've forged a pretty decent partnership it was um, a good bit of foresight last summer as well so there was a lot of change in the back line mm-hmm. um, obviously the great Marvin Comper departing Mika Lustig there was player Gamboa there. it was guys like who were in about the squad yeah. so it just and Julian's ability has been really important especially in Europe 
big games he's played played very well I think we're on a run of getting Marvin Comper I mentioned yeah, well, every week he, always he, 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 very, he very rarely misses out I know it's, it's incredible isn't it when you think back he just talked such a good game so <laughs> he talked, talked a great, great game, game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just moving on to the bigger picture uh, Celtic 13 points clear in the yep. league now Rangers slipping up um, at Hamilton it's kind of wrong it's all gone badly wrong for them uh, in the past months to two months uh, so I mean what what are, have been the main differences between the teams since Scottish football since since we come back from the, the winter break would you say uh, apart from result apart from the course, very obvious uh, but what, what, what is behind these very different fortunes I think mentality first and foremost Celtic it's just uh, you don't want to get into cliche after cliche here but players who've genuinely experienced it all guys Scott Brown who was part of teams that have, he's played for a Celtic team that's lost titles he's been part of early, he was part of the Scottish Cup semi-final team I think you need to have guys who experience it all so you have the defeats but the wins as well I think Rangers the most senior players um, Tavernier who's been there a long time it's just been too many bad experiences yeah. guys like Alan McGregor and Stephen Davis who were part of successful teams under Walter Smith there just hasn't been that little see as they'd won the Betfred Cup final say Rangers they go this is what it's like this is what it's but they didn't they played very well but mm-hmm. you, you don't get a prize for taking part Celtic won the trophy They're just and that probably sums the teams up I think that game's just the perfect illustration of the bigger picture so the fact that Rangers can play well at certain times big games Europe they've been mm-hmm. excellent but it's the, it's the basics you know they've got to have a better plan to deal with stuffy teams in Scotland that's part of playing in Scottish football you're never every team can complain where Celtic have just Celtic have days when they're not at their best but they always there's a calmness about Celtic I think as well under pressure last night Neil Lennon after Livingston made it 2-1 they did for a couple of minutes go a wee bit Helter Skelter they were a bit over the place but he was he stayed in control they mm-hmm. managed to just probe do enough and they managed to get the equaliser I think that's just there is a real skill in being able to go to the final minute and that's probably now more like self-fulfilling prophecy in a way where Celtic because they know it's, it's, they know they've got that ability uh-huh. that other teams it just all feeds into it Rangers on the other hand they don't have that so that again it makes it harder to get that goal in the last minute so it's all about I think the mentality and the, the mindset of the team and as great a player as Steven Gerrard uh, was at Liverpool he doesn't have that Good title and experience. It's it's always, it's uh-huh. exactly. It's all, it was all heartbreak. Exactly. Really, it was the opposite. It, it, times where he lost out Rangers, but plenty of times where he was successful as well. There's so much experience mm. there. John Kennedy's underrated. Like he was part of the Ronnie Dyla team when it didn't quite work. Managed to experience under Brendan Rodgers, and for all Brendan Rodgers' qualities, maybe his biggest was like his forensic detail, he coaching and game planning, and I think that's rubbed off in Kennedy. I'm not saying that Lennon cuts corners far from it, but he's more of a motivator type but then he's a bit underrated tactically there's just everything that play I think the Celtic coaching staff have just got one up in the Rangers and I know mm-hmm. Michael Beale who I think he's a talented guy and he's been over to Brazil to learn stuff as well but there's something to be said for being maybe a top level player who's experienced as a player and moved into the coaching side I think Celtic have just got the advantage. I mean, Duff was part of Jose Mourinho side that he transformed English football there's just more in that Celtic dressing yeah. room I think you know you talk about mentality and the difference between the two teams. I think what sticks out with Celtic is a the ability to respond to setbacks um, bitterly, bitter disappointment against Copenhagen, bounce back, 
and grinded out this win against St Johnston where as you don't really you know you don't see that with Rangers and even in game as well Celtic are 2-1 down at Livingston but there sometimes does feel as if you know the goal from Celtic is inevitable it's whereas Rangers even you know you had Andy Halliday talking about it he said, you know, Rangers, well, we went 1-0 down and then after that, I feared for us. It's just that there's a complete yeah. difference in terms of... I think you're touching on a really interesting point there as well, the fact maybe Halliday's comments, Tavernier's rather misjudged quotes and the, mm-hmm. uh, the captain's quotes for the Rangers match day Captain's program. log. Captain's log, <laughs> yeah. I've got to come up with a better title than that. <laughs> uh, but for Celtic, could you imagine, I think it's a bit simplistic, but could you imagine Scott Brown, he, he doesn't give an inch in anything. He doesn't give an inch. Scott Brown doesn't give away anything mm-hmm. ever, and he doesn't concede anything. And I think that as well. It's just it's small. Mar- Rangers improved markedly over the last couple of years, but in a way, it's brought out a reaction in Celtic that wasn't there before. They could feel the threat. They could after that game, that felt like a kind of signature result with Rangers winning at Parkhead mm-hmm. first time in a long time. But again, Celtic regroup in the winter break, come strong, and all these like muscle memory type things that they've experienced mm-hmm. come out strong. And in the opposite side, there's a lack of that, and it just feeds into each other. And that's how you end up with this 13 point gap. Celtic win, we can go 16 points clear before Rangers play. It's absolutely, you could n- no one would have predicted that. And that's just the, the teams look neck and neck. Rangers had finally managed to find yeah. consistency in the league. They were excellent in Europe. Celtic similar, consistent, doing very well in Europe. And um, but no, it's just all these small things add up to a big thing. Yeah, that's I mean because it is there's a lot of kinda you know <laughs> I don't think anybody was as much as people are accused of it at times, I don't think anybody was saying Rangers had won the league no, in I December. Do you know I think in at that point I think we even said, you know, Celtic are still favourites for it. But I think it, it was I don't think it was out of the outrageous to think at that point that no. you know, Rangers looked as if they were if not going to win it, they looked as though they were capable of sticking it out. Well that's it was a pretty big sample this, size. It's it from go looking so couple of games it was decent to then chunk of the season. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. it's not as if we were basing it on it or anybody really was basing it on that one or two yeah, performances. Exactly. And I think the thing that makes it even more surprising is Rangers were doing it while playing in Europe it's not as if you go oh Rangers weren't in Europe so they just had the league to worry and then it's all mm-hmm. they had everything they were dealing with in a part that's really interesting Celtic and Rangers teams that don't do well in a season it's normally shining out them for the first couple of weeks of the season you know it's you can tell that <laughs> I thought you were going to say something else no you can, you can tell they're, they're not up to scratch like uh-huh. maybe like um, Ronnie Dyla's second season it was all about hash bash Tony uh-huh. Mowbray John Barnes but they didn't, teams don't normally just suddenly recover Neil Lennon's had one season like that where it was, looked like it was going off the rails and he managed to pull it round mm-hmm. but ve- that's a very rare thing for Celtic Rangers teams to suddenly just well, the opposite really in this game they start out strong and fall away doesn't normally happen yeah and you mentioned them there uh, how much do you, a factor you know we were talking about the kind of respective qualities mm-hmm. and the coaching departments yeah. and certain experiences that they may or may not have how much difference do you think and I, we've seen a huge difference in him I think personally but how much of a difference do you think Neil Lennon has made over the, Massive, the course of the season honestly huge this is a million things that players have said but Neil Lennon I think Rangers underrated Neil Lennon I really do I think they felt Brendan Rodgers is out of town Lennon's 
managed to win or just managed to win the treble treble <laughs> uh, but some of the performance uh-huh. I think Celtic fans are, Celtic fans need to be honest as well if you I think you could judge by the polls in the summer with guys like Benitez and Benigno and mm-hmm. Vespo it's all these sexy names that were getting linked as well yeah. but Neil Lennon was a brilliant choice Peter Law has to take a lot of credit for that because it was it's not as if Neil Lennon was just a guy who'd been a coach at the club he'd been a manager as well he'd experienced it tough time at Bolton mm-hmm. we maybe looked at that and proved that he did a pretty decent job at Bolton considering the circumstances yeah. that first season up with Hibs it was, football was absolutely yeah. top notch and Hibs had a bit of a winning mentality that probably has been lacking for a long time but the way it ended he's out of job yeah. that was peop- that ended up being people's last memory of exactly, him before he came like in to Celtic wasn't exactly. it yeah. it's just a perfect mix for Lennon here he's been at the club the experience but I think to- people talk about his um, ma- motivating motivation skills and he's, he's able to get players on side but bigger he's tactically aware he really is and he, he knows how to like the three five two bringing that in and changing things round and he likes players that can play multiple positions that all these things factor in uh, in big moments of games we get last night's a perfect example Forrest goes to the left Frimpong to the right Frimpong was the best player in the park for the final 25 minutes these are the things that they're so underrated where I think the biggest criticism of Gerard and his team is maybe a bit um, reactive rather than proactive where they play a 4-3-3 a lot of the time there's not been a lot of formational changes and mm-hmm. I think that's probably been their biggest negative for Celtic just thriving that that's and Lennon's kind of calling card really he's been central to it certainly uh, that's all from us today but you can join us again next midweek to talk all things Celtic thanks to Graham for joining me remember to subscribe on Acast and iTunes to get the pod as soon as it's available and you can also rate us on there as well thanks for listening 